Welcome to Reader Seeks Romance Channel's Romance Roundup. I am Liz Donatelli. And I'm Libby Kay, author of the sweet romance series, Buckeye Falls. Libby and I share must-read Friends to Lovers romance books. And Libby and I chat with USA Today best-selling romance author, Megan <laughs> Quinn, about her Friends to Lovers rom-com, A Long Time Coming book three in her Kane Brothers series. Watch Romance Roundup on Reader Seeks Romance channel and subscribe on YouTube. Listen to Romance Roundup on Podbean and all podcast apps. Libby, let the roundup begin. Giddy up, Liz, here we go. So my first one is Would You Rather by Allison Ashley. This came out in August of 22 from Mira. Uh, this has some of your favorite tropes in it. Uh, obviously, friends to lovers. It's a marriage of convenience. And then it has one that has been popping up a little more, the hurt comfort trope, whereas one of the to take care of the other. Um, it's one of those tropes that I usually don't gravitate towards because I feel like it can be like a bit of a power imbalance. But um, Alice and Ashley handles it uh, brilliantly. So this book, the general premise, uh, we have Noah and Mia, and they've been best friends for years. And these are, um, they again, they complement each other well. They have a really good rapport. Um, Noah is going through um, an upswing. He just got a promotion at work, whereas Mia seems to be a little bit stuck. She is waiting for a kidney transplant. Um, she really doesn't like her job, but she stays there for the insurance. Um, but she's always wanted to go back to school and pursue her dreams. So this is where the story gets good. This is where Noah suggests that he and Mia should get married so she can have his benefits and health insurance, and then she can pursue her dream. And of course, um, shenanigans will ensue, and this is not going to be the cut and dry uh, situation they both think it will be. Um, the reason why I really love this book and why I'm recommending it as a friends to lovers is... Um, <laughs> And this is going to sound funny, but these are people with real problems. <laughs> and I really like that, um, you know, Mia is going through um, a very serious health condition, but she's still, you know, living her life to the fullest. And uh, Noah is going through um, some grief of his own. And so they're kind of simultaneously falling in love and, you know, working through things. And it just um, it just clicked very well. It felt very genuine. Yeah. Sometimes you read friends to lovers and it doesn't feel like they have any previous connections and I right. just feel like the way she crafted this story it was just it was it was heavy material but it was a very uh it went down smooth it was very just well thought out well paced um yeah really um really enjoyed it and it made me think about um the title is based on the game would you rather and so that's something that the characters bring up throughout the story to kind of add levity to heavier moments so right um it just works really, really well. Now, you mentioned uh, hurt comfort. Yes. So whenever I hear about that trope, I always think of Munchausen syndrome by proxy. Yes, where, yes. <laughs> where the person is keeping you sick. And usually it's a mother with a child. So I always feel a little like uncomfortable. Like I understand how it's used in books. It's usually like, oh, the person came down with the flu and they need help or they passed out, yeah. at, uh, passed out at work and the work friend brings them to a hospital and then they develop a romance or something like that, but, or, you know, nursing back to health is the thing, but I always think, wouldn't it be wild if there was some kind of romance that started with Munchausen syndrome by proxy, where it's like, <laughs> I don't know, how would that, because you'd have to make, the other character would have to still be likable though, you know? Right, well, so maybe they snap out of it. It's like, <laughs> oh, well, I've decided not <laughs> Sorry, I've been grinding up glass into your salads for the last 10 years. <laughs> it turns out I love you. <laughs> okay, I think we need to write this book. <laughs> that was the perfect... <laughs> Listen, I just... but her comfort, I've never been a fan of because I don't like feeling like, oh, you're dependent yes, on someone. But I like, like yeah. it really, and I don't want to say it adds to the story, but that yeah. is Mia's arc is that she has this and I, I i'm calling it kidney disease i don't know if that was actually what it was it's been a minute since well, that's, I've read it, that's serious it's serious but she writes it in a way that's not she's not overly dependent on noah 
but she is just enough. I don't know. I'm, I'm saying this wrong, but it, 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 it's, it's not yeah. horribly imbalanced where she is dependent on him for everything and he's getting a thrill out of that. Yes, it's not I like guess. that. This isn't like a Victorian era novel where he's feeding her gruel. Like she's she's living her life. <laughs> Which that would be an I love I love those dark gothic oh yeah romances. Oh, um we should do a gothic romance episode, actually. That would be probably just for us because I don't know how many people <laughs> I don't are know. I don't how know how many, many people, people are into it. <laughs> And there is a follow-up um, book. I, it's not listed as a series on Goodreads, but the two friends, well, two of the friends in the book, Claire and Graham, um, are in a book that just came out last year called The Roommate Pact. And that was oh. a delight. I absolutely love that. It uh, it has the same, obviously, writing style that she had for this one. Yeah. And again, the characters, they just go off of each other so well. It was it was perfect. So I would yeah. recommend that. It's not the same tropes, but it's... Um, it, that was a really good book too, right. but, um, but yeah, but that is my first recommendation. Would you rather by Allison Ashley from Mira? And again, that came out in August of 22. Nice. You know, we might have to do a roommates to lovers. Uh, oh, we episode. should do a roommates or a forced proximity. Oh my yeah. gosh. I feel like we're just working on our whole 24 schedule right now. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, Liz. So what friends to lovers do you have for us first today? Libby, I would like to revisit Blue Cedar Falls, the small town setting of Jeannie Chin's Blue Cedar Falls series mentioned in Romance Roundup Season 1. All right. So I previously recommended book one in Jeannie Chin's Blue Cedar Falls cozy small town romance series, The Inn on Sweetbriar Lane. Oh, yeah, I remember that now. I recommend book three in that very same series. And this one is called The House on Mulberry Street. Oh, it sounds cute. <laughs> yes, it is. It is a cozy, sexy, friends to lovers romance published by Hachette Imprint Forever. And that was in, I believe it was March of 2023. Here's the gist. All right. Graham is secretly in love with his longtime best friend, Elizabeth, but she doesn't appear to want anything more than his friendship. Graham would do anything for Elizabeth, including using his influence with the Blue Cedar Falls Town Council to help launch an arts festival that will showcase not only Elizabeth's work, but that of other local artists. So right there, we also have the small town. There's a festival. So there's always a festival. <laughs> there's always a festival. So we've got friends to lovers and a festival. Be still my heart, because uh, those are two things that I dig. <laughs> Nothing uh, wrong with that. After Graham and Elizabeth share a surprising romantic kiss, Ooh. Elizabeth and Graham reevaluate their relationship and face their greatest fear, potentially losing their best friend forever. <gasps> well, you know, because if you become romantically involved, you might lose your yeah. best friend. You know, well. th that's that's always the fear is, oh my God, I'll lose my best friend. Um, So, which, you know, as an aside, would you say that your romance with your husband started as a friends to lovers? Would you say? Did it, was no, it? No, uh, because... <laughs> I kind of stalked him in college before we knew each oh. other. Okay, so, so stalker yeah, so to lovers, stalking to friends to lovers. No, <laughs> no, I, I would. I, I mean, obviously, he's my best friend, uh, and we have a lot in common. But mm -hmm. no, I definitely we started dating before we knew much about each other. So, okay. which I think is is I don't know. I love friends to lovers, and I always feel that like yearning. Yeah. Me personally, no, it hasn't worked out. <laughs> okay, interesting. So there could be. A, a version of stalkers to lovers that could become some kind of trope. We should or, probably say admirer because I mean, that's it. it. Out. <laughs> I like it. Admirers, admirers to friends to lovers. To friends to lovers. <laughs> but it's only one admirer. So it's like one sided admirer to friends to lovers. I think it could work. I'm we just. Could, we We'll I'm throwing storyboarding. it, throwing it out there. <laughs> I myself have never experienced a friends to lovers romance. I don't know many people that have actually. Um, as a matter of fact, I don't even think I would be friends with my husband if we weren't 
romantically linked, but I mean, we're friends. Yeah. Like, I don't like I don't think we would normally have gravitated towards each other as friends. So this is why I find reading Friends to Lovers so um, interesting is because I don't know how how that happens. (laughs) (laughs) Like, how does that happen? So the house on Mulberry Street is emotionally engaging, heart tugging, cozy, homey, small towny. It's the quintessential small town setting. But I have to say it comes in second to Buckeye Falls by Libby. Oh, thank you. I'll pay you for saying that later. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Jeannie Chin's superpower, and this is something that I don't normally find, is writing conflict, particularly writing, or should I say crafting, a believable, relatable third act breakup. Now, that is very rare for me to find a third act breakup that I'm like, wow, that made sense on every level. And I, too, Mm -hmm. am questioning, should they be together? (laughs) So um, and if you I don't know if you've noticed, I mean, I'm sure you have that. It seems like there are authors now gravitating away from even including a third act breakup in their romance novels. That is definitely a new trend. And I've noticed that towards the end of 23. Yes, Um, it's actually used as a marketing on social media. They have like a, you know, when they do the little blurbs and it says no third act breakup. And I'm like, yeah. And I think it's because, well, there's many reasons for that. But one of them is, is that it really can be very difficult to write a third act breakup that rings true. And you're really Mm -hmm. like hanging on the, you know, edge of your seat, like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? So I highly recommend for fans of Friends to Lovers Romance you need to check out The House on Mulberry Street by Jeannie Chin. It sounds like a really good series. And the fact that you are continuously going back and recommending it, I feel like yes. you should all read the series now. <laughs> yes, I that is, I couldn't have said it better. So, Libby okay. tell me about some more friends that you read that became lovers. Okay, and so, and this one, I, I love when I find a book that I like that doesn't have normal things that I enjoy in it. Because then as soon as I start talking about this, people are like, but you don't like that. But this is the book. <laughs> Do you have a lot of people like Libby splaining to you? Yeah. And they're like, listen, Libby, this isn't what you do. I know. Like, well, and okay, so spoiler alert, this one's going to have football in it. And we all know I could not care less about oh. football at all. Yes, anyway. me too. And we live in a very football oriented town. Yeah. And it's like, come on. Yeah, no, it doesn't make us very popular. No, I'm kidding. No, actually, okay. I'm not very popular because of that. <laughs> Okay, so uh, the next one I have is You and Me by Tal Bauer. Um, This is a new author to me. Um, This was independently published in the spring of 22. So apparently this is my day of reading books from 22. Um, This is a standalone and um, the tropes include um, single dad. Uh, It's a sports romance in the sense that football is a very big part of the story. But it doesn't matter because the book was so good. I got through the football references. <laughs> um, it is, like I said, a friends to lovers. And it is a exquisite slow burn. The tension, the angst, I can't handle it. It was so good. So um, this is a gay romance. It follows two single dads. Um, Landon is the envy of all of the dads in their small little town of Last Waters, Texas. And I don't know if that's a real town or not, but it certainly felt like it in the book. Um, he's cool, he's confident, and he has, uh, what seems to be the perfect relationship with his son. And in stark contrast, we have our other hero, Luke, um, who's just frankly a mess. His, uh, wife died. He's coming out of grief. He and his son have a very strained relationship, um, but the one thing that Landon and Luke um, have in common is their sons are on the football team together and they're best friends. So um, when Luke meets Landon, Landon's like, hey, you should volunteer with the team. That'll be a good way for you guys to connect. And since Luke is kind of at the end of his rope, he says, why not? So thus begins a friendship of Landon and Luke. And I slow burns are not always my cup of tea, but this was done so well. I loved how... Um, Tal Balor built their friendship and it went from, you know, awkward interactions to showing real growth for Luke as a person, Luke as a father. Um, the, you know, I guess for Luke, uh, what would be considered his bi awakening, that scene was so good. Like I was like emotional because I was so invested in these two figuring it out. 
Um, I don't want to give away any of that part of the story um, specifically because it's a really great scene and it's better if you don't know what's coming. But um, it was just written great. Um, angsty romances, again, are not always my cup of tea. And I just went into this because it was something I saw on um, Bookstagram. God bless Bookstagram. And I'm like, you know what? That sounds interesting. And all the comments were, I don't really like sports romances, but. And I'm like, you had me there because, again, I well, I do like hockey romances, but Football yes. is just a sport. I just do not find it entertaining. So please mm. don't hate me, viewers and listeners. I just don't like football. But um, this one was a really good, the tension it kept was mounting because yeah. they didn't want to jeopardize their friendship. They didn't want to jeopardize their son's friendships. Yeah. And it was just an emotional roller coaster. Like I, it was so good. It was such a surprise. I, I again, did not have this author on my radar at all. And um he writes um, a lot of romantic suspense that I'm going to look into later. Oh. Because, um, one of them, I think it was kind of like, I got a spy vibe from it. Um, they also had, oh. he has one um, that involves um, an investigator and you know, I love um, police procedurals. So yeah. that is also intriguing. So I think Tal Bauer is going to be one of those authors. I will um, continue to read because of this book, because he handled wow. the friends to lovers so well. Um, he made football palatable. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, so. <laughs> that's hard to do. That's hard yeah, to it do. It really, it really is. But it, um, yeah, it was, again, I just, I don't have enough good things to say about it. It was, it was really good. <laughs> <laughs> well, your, your uh, enthusiasm is palpable. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, so yeah, if, if you're looking for a slow burn um, friends to lovers, I cannot stress enough how good You and Me by Tal Bauer was. You sold it. You sold oh, good. this book. Oh, good. And I should mention with this, it is steamy. It's a slow burn, but once we get to the to the good stuff, so to speak, it's good. <laughs> okay. okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Good um, to know. The steamier of my recommendations today. Not that there's anything wrong with it being steamy or not steamy, but this is definitely the steamier one. Okay. All right. Excellent. So, Liz, what friendship journey are you going to take us on next? No, oh, I'm going to take you to one over the pond. Ooh. I recommend British Friends to Lovers rom-com, The Plus One Pact by Portia McIntosh, published by UK publisher Boldwood Books in 2020. I don't like thinking about 2020. No, I don't either. But, um, <laughs> but this, I'm, I'm guessing this was the highlight of my year because yeah. I wrote a glowing review of this novel for allaboutromance.com. So, um, and as you know, in the past, when I have mentioned a book on the show that I previously uh, reviewed on All About Romance, I usually read excerpts. So I've yeah. got some excerpts from that book, uh, book review and it's Ooh. a gem. Ooh, hit me. So Kara, an escape room designer, and I have to stop here. I had to mention the job. I usually don't try to mention yeah. the jobs. How cool does that sound as a that job? That is so unusual. Designer. Have you been to an escape room? Yes. We have oh. uh, we did one. I, yeah, one. Okay. No, I've been to two. One was a work team building, and one I went to with my husband and friends. Um, oh, yeah. That one was more fun. <laughs> I, I'd imagine so. I've been to a handful of them in different cities, mm -hmm. and I think they're just awesome. And I would love to be the person to figure out the design, what you know, the combinations of the locks, yeah. and like just to do all that, all the props. So it's I basically just a big puzzle. So you need to it know is how a big to make puzzle. a good puzzle. Exactly, exactly. And you can't, and you have to do it within a certain amount of time. Uh, I mean, usually you don't win anything except, you know, bragging rights. And, oh, yeah, but yeah. We, we got out within the hour with our lives. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> and there is mention in parts uh, like Kara's uh, job is alluded to in the novel. So it's kind of cool. Oh, that's um, cool. Because it talks about something she's designing. So I just I had to mention that right off the bat is that that's just a super cool part of this book. No, and, that is cool. So Kara wants to bring a date to her high school reunion and to her annoying cousin's wedding. So she's been doing a lot of online dating and basically going out with the dregs of society. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's, there's nobody that's really like appropriate. So we meet her getting stood up at a bar. So 
um, you know, she's kind of feeling sorry for herself and she's upset. And she strikes up a conversation with Joe, Joe Mills, a.k.a. Millsy. So he goes by Millsy for a lot of the, a lot of the book. And it keeps making me think of Banksy, that yeah, you know, yeah, the the uh, street artist. Um. So anyway, so uh, Joe is very fun loving. He's very kind because he sits there and talks with her because he, you know, he sees that she's been stood up, and he's a super confident guy. And Kara isn't so confident, so she's very drawn to that and kind of wants to learn. You know, how does how how do I get that in my life? So um, Milsey reveals in chatting with Kara that he also is looking for a plus one. Uh, he has a number of social engagements coming up in the summer. This is set, I think, pretty much in spring and summer. So Kara and Milsey decide, let's become each other's plus ones. So in preparation for these upcoming engagements, uh, his and hers, they developed a fast friendship. As Milsey and Kara spend time together dealing with party mishaps and the perils of family gatherings, they come to realize that love comes when you least expect it. Oh, I know, right? The plus one pact is an absolute delight from beginning to end. Portia McIntosh delivers a sweet, slow burn romance that is sitcom level funny. Ooh. When was the last time that you laughed out loud, Libby, at a rom-com? I mean, full-on laugh. Like belly laugh. A very long time. <laughs> well. <laughs> until now. <laughs> until now. Apparently, the last time I laughed this hard was in 2020 at a rom-com. <laughs> That's what I'm learning because I even recommended it to my mom, who does not read any graphic sex, you know, mm -hmm. rom-coms. And this was perfect because it was, and somehow there was all of this like sexual tension that still ended in a closed door sex scene, but it was still delicious. Like it was just yeah. so like such a delicious buildup. So you really root for Kara and Milsey to get together. They have a fun time together and their differences definitely complement each other. Kara's family is hilarious. Now, I enjoy a good British family, and I love yeah. British family humor. And uh, Kara's family delivers on, on all aspects of comedy. There's also a sexy reveal pertaining to Milsey's mysterious job that oh. is worth uh, reading just to figure that out. And also, there is a highly amusing subplot centering on Kara's feud with her soon-to-be-married diva cousin, the wedding she wants to do a plus one for, and her difficult, quote, momzilla aunt, which is <laughs> very funny. I highly recommend Portia McIntosh's The Plus One Pact. It will tug on your heartstrings and put a smile on your face. That sounds delightful. And I like that it's actually an actually funny uh, rom-com. Yes. Oh, it is. Yeah. I mean, it is some angsty stuff later. I need to lighten it up a little. <laughs> lighten it up. Lighten it up with a little British rom-com. USA Today bestselling author Megan Quinn joins Romance Roundup to discuss her friends to lovers rom-com, A Long Time Coming, a book that Libby and I absolutely adored. Published by Sourcebooks Bloom. Thank you so much for joining us, Megan. I have been a fan of yours for years. Um, the Get Lucky series with the four brothers was the first one that I read. And I was, I just love a good brother series, which is why I'm obsessed with the Kane brothers now. So mm -hmm. thank you so much for joining us so we can gush a little bit about them. My first question is about the two main characters, Breaker and is, is it Leah? Because that's how I was thinking of it with Ophelia. I was thinking of it as Leah. Yeah, it's Leah. Okay, good. <laughs> so with Breaker and Leah, um, their friendship was so well developed. Um, specifically uh, with, you know, their nerdy interests. Did you base, you know, their their obsession with board games and, and things like that on any of your personal experiences? Or was this all just something fresh that you came up with? So I am a bit of a, like, board game nut. I feel like not to the extent of Breaker and Leah, but um, my family loves doing games after dinner. And so um, we have, like, a closet full of different games. They're children's games right now, but um a lot of them are cooperative, which like <laughs> I, like 
<laughs> you want I that like, element of competition? <laughs> yes, I I prefer something um, competitive. But uh, my wife is like, it's so nice to have cooperative games. I'm like, oh, um, but. <laughs> I actually purchased a few of the games that they play in the book so that I could write about it and know, like, have yeah. some sort of idea of how to play it. Um, and so that was kind of fun. I enjoyed that. But I felt like as, you know, a friends to lovers, you have to pick something that they can really um, talk about and bond over. And mm -hmm. I thought that Scrabble was like the perfect way to start it off. Yes, it was. My husband's a huge Scrabble fan and I am terrible at it. So it's actually something we don't play a lot because he's very competitive and I'm more of a everybody's a winner person. So I really liked they were both really competitive with it because I wish I could be better with that. I have to interject that Scrabble was part of my courtship too. Oh, with, no way. With, with my husband, Tom. <laughs> and that's where I learned that he's very competitive. And I'm like, you know, I just, I'm competitive with myself, not with other people. And, and I realized that he has an extensive vocabulary of long words. And I found that very attractive. So, yeah. um, <laughs> so I, I really loved the opening, you know, opening with, with Scrabble. So, okay, I'll go away now, but I just had to say. Yeah. <laughs> I just, that was one of my favorite parts was just their friendship felt very authentic. And um, one a movie I haven't thought about in a while until I read this book is My Best Friend's Wedding. And mm -hmm. I was curious, obviously there's some parallels and I don't want to get into spoiling anything with the story, but is that a favorite movie of yours or just something that, um, again, you just thought might be fun to include for this book? It is not a favorite of mine, which is funny because uh, <laughs> I don't like how it ends. I yeah, wish yeah. that they were together. And yeah. so when I was writing this one, I was like, you know what? I'm going to write it wrong here. And um, obviously keeping them together. But um, I do like the tension of that movie that mm -hmm. it provides for the viewer um, and the unknown. And um, like, I get it, like the way that it ended, but I wanted to end it my way, which I think was great. But moving into this series, um, I really wanted to play off some classic rom-coms that have filled me with a bunch of joy. Mm -hmm. And so when I first did Pretty Woman for, for Not So Me Cute, I was like, oh, this is just so classic. And like, you know, it's, it's a, it's a twist. It's a spin. It's not, it's not even close to being like verbatim. There's like little points that you could be like, oh, okay. Like I get it. Yeah. Um, and so when I started writing So Not Meant to Be, which is the second one, I um, pulled out one of my all-time favorites, enemies to lovers, friends to lovers type situation, which is when Harry met Sally. Mm -hmm. And um, I love that movie more than yes. anything. So good. Um, and then, so with the third one, I was like, oh, what should I do? What should I do? And um, that's when I was like, you know what? Let's make this right. Let's do my best friend's wedding, but, you know, give it the ending it deserves. Yes. Yeah. And we, yes. Liz and I were actually texting while we were reading it. And yes. she said, if they don't end up together, I'm going to rage. I'm like, no, I, I also had to like skip ahead. And I'm like, this is going to be what we think it is. Right. Yeah. yeah. I was traumatized when I saw my best friend's wedding in the movie theater with friends many eons ago when it was out. And I remember being so crushed by that ending that mm -hmm. yeah. Julia Roberts did not. And I was like, but I don't understand. What is this? And um, so I was so terrified, Megan, that <laughs> somehow, even though I knew it would be a happily ever after, I actually read the ending. Like when I, like midway through, I was like, I got to be reassured. I have to be reassured that they end up together. So yes, yeah. Um, Libby and I were just texting. I was like, I was yeah. so afraid. <laughs> Liz, you cheated. Yeah. I know. I had to. Megan, I had to. I was so invested. I said, I cannot be crushed. <laughs> and and it, it, you know, and I know it's gonna end. It's a romance. It's the happily ever after. But I was like, I still have to be reassured. I'm still yeah. but, yeah. <laughs> it'll always be it'll always be a happily ever after for me. Um, even if I take you on a bit of a wild ride to get there. I'm working on a book right now um that is a friends to lovers currently. Oh yeah. And oh, nice. it's um I feel like it has like some sort of love square going on. Oh, and cool. I was like, oh, I hope readers aren't gonna like think that this is gonna be anything other than what they expect. Cause 
I will like usually, usually always. Okay. Um, if there's two points of views in the book, it'll always be those people who get together always. Oh, that's a good point. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So it'll never end poorly. I'm just going to like torture you along the way. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and speaking of torturing us, I have to say, and this does not mean I don't love my mother-in-law, but the (laughs) beeve was brilliant in every scene, like over the top, but just perfectly so. Um, and I'm not going to ask if that's based on real life inspiration, but like, is that, it gave me, speaking of movies I haven't seen in a while, it gave me a lot monster-in-law vibes. Was that oh, a yeah. scene that you yeah. were thinking of? Because for sure, um, like every scene, I'm like, oh my God, Jane Fonda in my head. <laughs> yes. There has to be, there has to be some sort of villain, right? Like when you're, when you're constructing a book like that, it's, there has to be some sort of outside, outside source that is not making the friends come together. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's, or maybe a lot of times in friends to lovers, it's, oh, I don't want to like ruin our friendship type situation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, I think, you know, having an outside source of I'm getting married to someone else and um, maybe having that villain like clue into them being like, oh, hold on a second. I don't have to be treated this way. Yeah. No, that was perfectly done. <laughs> love yeah, I love her. And I also love like somebody who um, like, I, like I talk about this with my wife all the time. Like one of my favorite characters in, in TV is Karen from Will and Grace. Yes. Just because I think like she would have been the best character to play as an actress. And because she does things, says things that I would never in my life ever consider doing or saying. Yeah. And so it, it feels so free to be able to like have that like moment as, you know, an actress. And so when I'm writing, I'm kind of like, Ooh, who can I pretend to be like in my head that I would never be, I would never say these things. I would never do these things. And so the beeve was the person for me. Yeah. Well, beautifully written. She was fantastic. I love to hate her. (laughs) Perfect. So um, the Kane brothers in general were a delight to read. And I love how you actually have LOL moments in the book, like their interactions. I, I felt like that was very genuine. Um, do mm-hmm. you as an author enjoy writing series more than a standalone because you get to spend more time with the characters? Standalones, I prefer a standalone series. So mm-hmm. technically you could read these books out of order and it wouldn't matter really. I mean, everyone knows that there's going to be a happily ever after, like with my books of romance. And so, you know, I, I like being able to carry the characters at this point in time in my writing career, I would say that I have one big series. So under the Megan Quinn universe is what my readers like to call it. (laughs) Um, It has now become so twisted and everyone knows everybody and everyone's a fan of everybody. And you get these cameos constantly throughout my books because I've, yeah. I've written so many that I started thinking like, oh, I need like, you know, someone that they would like to listen to, you know? And it's like, oh, I have a rock star that they would like, or yeah. like, oh, I need someone who likes these kind of books. Oh, I have an author that I've written about that I can bring back. And, you know, just certain things are like their favorite baseball player or, you know, things like that, that I can add cameos into my books. And so, I mean, sure, they're all like part of their own series and standalones, but it really is just one big umbrella and they're all connected. Like people, readers will remind me that like, oh, you know, these, they were roommates back in college, but they're in two different series. And I'm like, oh crap, you're right. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like I have people making like charts for me to remind me like how everyone's connected in some sort of way. I feel like it's like a Megan Quinn org chart. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I mean, and I'll throw like down like little things like from the Port Snow series, you know, I'll have people come in and say, oh, I watched this like Love Mark movie, which is like a big thing from the Port Snow series. And I'll drop a little cameos here and there. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think like having a series is a little bit more fun because you can extend it out. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and as a reader, um, and I love that series so much. Oh my God, I could talk about that for like five hours, but I'll stay on track. (laughs) (laughs) No, they were perfect. But, um, and I have actually read um, the Kane Brothers series out of order. I read this one first and now I'm reading Huxley. And I just, (laughs) 
I like how similar and yet different they are. And I know it's like picking your favorite of your children, but did you like writing, you know, Breaker, Huxley or JP more or, or when you were writing, they just all have the same vibe for you? Is there a difference? So I get, I get this question a lot and um, I love answering it because uh, Huxley was a nightmare for me to write. Oh, really? um, wow. yes, but he's my favorite to read in a book. Okay. So oh, okay. I prefer the alpha overbearing hero. I don't know. I just kind of like that a-hole. Like I really oh, yeah, yeah. just think like, <laughs> yeah, I just like that. And I like seeing them change. I like seeing them go from this like guy who's just like really caught up in himself to like, oh my gosh, like this girl's changing my world. Like, I love that. And so um, he was hard because when you have someone who's like really drawn in and rough and gruff and like you one worded answers, um, that's not me. I like to have, and usually if I have that hero, the heroine has to be like a rambling type of girl so that I can get all the words out of my head. Cause I'm like, ah, mm-hmm. like someone needs to speak in this book. <laughs> um, and so it's hard for me because I'd like to be sarcastic. I like to have banter in my books. And when the hero is really just kind of um, alpha and doesn't doesn't like to um, talk much, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult to rein back what's in my head. And so someone like JP, um, who is very like sarcastic and quick yeah. um, and um, kind of annoying, like he likes to pester. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's where I really, it's my sweet spot. Um, I have two older brothers. And so I grew up um, just being that annoying little sister who's constantly (laughs) pestering, pestering. And so um, I just love that. That's like my sweet, sweet spot. And, um, And then where Breaker is concerned, he also is funny, but he's very sweet and kind. And so for him, it was more about not being as like sarcastic as JP would be, but still having fun, but keeping it in like, he's the sweetest guy in the world. And so um, I, I would say like JP's the easiest. Breaker was second. Huxley is like, oh, whenever I have a Huxley character, I'm like, come on, Megan, you can do it. You can do it. <laughs> well, as a reader, uh, we thank you for putting in the hard work because the Huxleys are fabulous. <laughs> Yes. Thank you. So you've written a lot of what we talk about a lot on the show, the standard romance tropes of friends to lovers, second chances, you know, enemies to lovers. As a writer, is there a trope that you prefer to write that you enjoy more? Or do you like, is there one that maybe challenges you a little more? So enemies to lovers is my absolute favorite. Um, I... I just love, and like I said, that like JP sarcastic, just like comebacks. And, um, I like, I love having that banter where you can just go back and forth, back and forth. And sometimes when I'm writing, I will get stuck because one of the characters will have such a good comeback. I'm like, Ooh, (laughs) like, what do I do now? (laughs) So, um, enemies to lovers offers me that space to have that kind of dialogue, which Mm -hmm. I appreciate. Um, harder one I would say is like a friends to lovers which I'm working on right now and like it's just a little bit more navigation to that one I I have dabbled a a lot in a lot of things I wrote um amnesia once and it was not it's not a full book it was like a really um Lucy score has a Facebook group and they basically I don't know if she does it anymore but she would invite authors in and everyone would give tropes and then you'd have to take those five tropes and you'd have to put it into a short story. And it was like a writing oh, practice. Cool. Oh, wow. And so amnesia was one of them. And, um, well, I got caught up with amnesia and I was like, I hate every second of this. Um, <laughs> it's not an enjoyable practice for me. I was like, can't wait for this to be over. Um, but that would be like a, a big time. No, for me, that would be, yeah, no, yeah. no, thank you. I do love, I love an age gap. Mm. Like, I don't know why (laughs) I love an age gap. And I like, like a real, like a 10 year age gap. Um, I really love like a sweet spot. Doesn't it? It's like, yeah. 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 I've been sitting on an age gap for a while trend of my own. Um, and I do, 
oh, uh, best friend's brother type situation. Yes. Or brother's uh-huh. best friend's sister, like one of those. Yeah. Like a little bit of forbidden type stuff. Yeah. yeah I like would that. you ever so write? Enemies to lovers. Would you ever write secret baby? <sighs> or have not. You? I, don't, I don't think you have, but uh, uh no, I have not written. Well, I guess maybe a long time ago I did a secret baby. Um, whenever I write a pregnancy trope of any sort, yeah, um, in a series, it is my least popular book. Interesting, in and um, oh. I know, and I had that with um, I have a hockey series, uh, yeah. it's very popular, and the second book is those three little words, and it's a pregnancy trope, but it's also like best friend sister, um, and it took time for people to like it and you either love it or you hate it. And after that book, I was like, I'm not doing this again. I cannot do this pregnancy (laughs) thing again. (laughs) It's just, I like people were just not fans. Yeah. It's not my, it's not my go-to. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And also like, let's be honest, like people are asking me to write a single father romance, you know? Yeah. That's Um, a really popular trope too. (laughs) Yeah. I have, I have two children. And, um, it's hard enough keeping track of them. I don't want to keep track of fictional children. Always <laughs> <in my book. laughs> so like, fair. yeah, yeah. Or like a dog or a cat, a cat. You can just kind of play around with, if you don't, but like who's taking the dog out. Has anyone taken the dog out before you go to bed? You got to make sure the dog mm-hmm. goes out. Like, especially yeah. usually my characters yeah. are in like a city. So they actually have to walk them outside. Ugh, right. such a, it's like one yeah. of those things that I'm like, I don't want to deal with it. So um, I, yeah. that's why I, I don't do have, have a dog s- in real life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, um, I do have a single father romance coming out, I think next year at some point. It's part of my Almond Bay series, but I put it off. I'm like, he can wait. <laughs> but everyone knows yeah. that like, he'll get his own book. But I'm like, oh God. And even in the books that like the child is present, I'm like, oh, someone put the kid to bed. Like, it's just so like, not, I don't know. It's funny. Like people love a single father, but for me, I think it's just more of a chore. So, um, I, and again, it's impossible to pick a favorite and I'm not saying favorite per se, but out of all of your book boyfriends that you've written, is there one that you would like to like have dinner with? Like, who do you think would be the most fun to, you know, just spend a little time with? So I always get the like, um, question of the Huxley brothers, with the um, kiss, Mary kill. Yes, yes. <laughs> and so I'm going to answer your question to kiss, Mary kill. Perfect, please. Okay. okay. So unfortunately, I would kill Huxley, which I feel like is surprising because <gasps> yeah. I have said that this is the guy that I like to read. Right. In real life, that's not the guy I want to deal with. <laughs> yeah, very true. <laughs> um, I think that I'm too sarcastic and too. Um, I think we would clash. I think he would be like, you're annoying. And I'd be like, oh, why aren't you laughing? And um, I just feel like it wouldn't, it just wouldn't go over well. I would kiss JP um, because I think that we would just have a good time. Um, but then I also think that since we are both very sarcastic human beings, I think there might be some competition in that. And it's like one upping the other. And I just don't know if we could deal with that. Um, and so then it would bring me to Breaker and who I would marry. Um, I think he is the marrying type. And I think we would have a great marriage. I think we'd play games all the time and he would tell me how lovely I am. And um, yeah, I just, I think Breaker would be it. I think that is a perfect answer in my opinion. Yes. <laughs> I have a quick question about the illustrated version of mm-hmm. A Long Time Coming. How was it decided which scenes would get illustrated? So this is a funny story. Um, maybe it'll be a little bit longer than what you were asking for. That's but okay. um, a while back, I was talking to um, my business manager And I was telling him, I was like, I want to make my books into comic books. And he was like, not a good idea. And uh, he said that it's a different audience. And so I was like, well, that's sad. Um, I was like, I just want people to be able to see in my head what um, 
to see what I see in my head and my kids, we read to our kids every night. Um, and they get to see pictures all the time. And I'm like, that's not fair. They should be able to see (laughs) my readers be able to see pictures. (laughs) He's like, well then just put pictures in your books. And I was like, huh, maybe I will. And so then I, I went out to look for an illustrator and I was talking to my friend Monica about it. And I was like, Oh, I need to find an illustrator. And she was like, ask Gerard. And Gerard is her brother-in-law and Gerard also, um, is known for drawing animals, um, for his Etsy shop animals and like sailor caps. Um, he, (laughs) he drew (laughs) pictures of my two animals, my cat, my dog who passed away. I have them right there. Um, and he just, that's what he does. He just likes to draw animals. And I was like, Monica, that's cute, but I'm not looking for a boxer in a sailor hat. I'm looking for I'm like party, party man here. And she's like, he can do it. He can do it. And so then I was like, fine, we'll, we'll test him out. And his first uh, illustration, I was like, Oh my God, it's so great. And then I was like, Oh wait, no, this is not like the style I'm looking for. And so he we went through a, diff- a bunch of different styles. And then once we settled on something that actually worked, I was like, okay, now I have to go through the book myself mm-hmm. and pull scenes and find out what scenes I thought would work best to be illustrated. And so I, I tried to pull points in the book that I thought were important or funny or sexy Mm -hmm. something that was you know more of like that a reader would want to see in their head Mm -hmm. and um there's there's some that uh Gerard and I had to just get real close and I had to be like (laughs) this is what's going on okay (laughs) what are they doing he's he's received a full education now (laughs) yeah But at first I'm like, I type out on like a Google doc, what, um, what I would like. And I give an excerpt and then I'll be like, don't judge me. Don't judge me. This is what they're doing. (laughs) The ladies like it. Okay. (laughs) Oh, that's Uh, awesome. No, the illustrations, I didn't know it was illustrated. And so as I was turning the page, I'm like, oh my God, there's pictures in here. And then of course I flipped through and I'm like, ah, I shouldn't do that, but I couldn't help myself. I just had to see what all the pictures were. It was really fun. <laughs> Pleasant surprise. Yes. What definitely. I would like to see is like someone who um, like picked the book up at like an indie store or like a Target or something, not knowing exactly who I am. And then all of a sudden they're reading and they're like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> So Megan, do you mind telling, just just giving us a little bit of a taste of what you're working on for 2024 and beyond? Yeah. So right now I have um, a book coming out in February called The Reason I Married Him, which is my very first marriage of convenience. Um, Very excited about it. Uh, Also an enemies to lovers (laughs) slash (laughs) moving on to friends to lovers. Um, That one comes out February 6th. And then uh, one of my all-time favorites that I think I've ever written, um, Bridesmaid for Hire, which releases uh, April 2nd. And this book is Enemies to Lovers Fake Dating trope that um, is also a destination book. So it takes place in Bora Bora. And um, which is fun. I think it's a good escapism book. Uh, Very, very funny. You're talking about um, okay. Have you guys ever read Tessa Dare? Yes. Yes. Okay. So her, um, historical romance, I love historical romance. Her heroes are my absolute favorite because she builds them up to be this hoity toity Duke or whoever, right. you know, with his pinky up and, um, the heroines come in and basically bring them down to their knees and they get caught up in these situations where, you know, they make fools on the, of themselves. And I like that. So, um, in Bridesmaid for Hire, that's basically what happens to the hero is that he's trying to like be this like important person and he's just really brought down back to earth. And, um, I love that. So, uh, very funny. Some of my funniest scenes, I think that I've written in my personal opinion. Um, and then I have another hockey book coming out in, uh, the end of June, beginning of July. Um, that I won't talk about because I like to tease readers. Yeah. And 
Uh, and then um, the second book of Bridesmaids for Hire is coming out in August. And that's um, one that I'm currently working on right now, which is the Friends to Lovers and um, Love Square. No one's cheating on anybody if we just need to like put that out there. Yeah. But um, <laughs> and then October, there will be a Christmas book, which I'm very excited about. Oh. Excellent. Oh, my gosh. I love Christmas books. And I'm so, oh, my gosh. Bridesmaids for Hire sounds so cute. And it comes out right before my birthday. So I feel like it's fate. And I I'm when's your birthday? April 5th. <laughs> oh, mine's April 18th. Oh, yay. Is that an Aries or a Taurus? I'm so bad with it. It's an Aries. All right. Excellent. Me too. Well, Megan, our last question, if you don't mind sharing uh, your thoughts, is this episode is all about friends to lovers. So as a reader, is there a friends or lovers book that you have read or an author that you gravitate towards when you're craving that trope that you would recommend to our listeners and viewers? So the most recent one that I read, and maybe you guys have read this too, because I think it um, had some some viral TikTok action, uh, was The Nanny by Lana Ferguson. Or, um, I've seen I it. I haven't read it yet, right, but I have yeah. seen it everywhere. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that one I, I appreciated. I thought that one was really good. And it has some really good, like, sexy scenes in it and, like, a good friends to lovers solid true. Okay. Awesome. Right. Now on my TBR list. <laughs> I know. I mean, if you're recommending it, Megan, then uh, it's as good as read. Yeah. Yes. I I love I I love that one. Um one of my like favorite enemies to lovers, not that you asked. No, please anything you're willing to share. Do tell. Uh, um You Deserve Each Other by Sarah Hogel. Have you read that one? Yes. Love that book. And um she's uh, we live in Ohio and she's an Ohio author. And so I was oh, nice. to see her at an event like a year ago. And yeah, love that book. And she's so sweet. And yeah, that's a great book. She gave me like a complex. I was like, ah. Oh. <laughs> Wish I was this clever. <laughs> Trust me, you are both very clever. There's a reason that my shelf is filled with your books. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us, Megan. I really enjoyed uh, reading your books and it's been lovely talking to you and hearing about what's coming up. I feel like 2024 is the, the year of Megan Quinn. <laughs> yes, at least in my life it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's hope so. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for having me, you guys. Thank, thank you, you so much. Well, that's our roundup. Watch Romance Roundup on Reader Seeks Romance Channel and subscribe on YouTube. Listen to Romance Roundup on Podbean and all podcast apps. Thanks for joining us, Romance Readers. Happy reading, everyone. Hey.